connected to Calgary sports like nobody else. This is the Steinberg Show, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Well, this chair's a little bit more familiar. Welcome to the Steinberg Show, everyone. No Steinberg, as you've probably already figured out. Peter Klein with you today. Logan Gordon in the producer's chair. Logo, how's it going today? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I can see why Steinberg starts his show with this song now. Like In there, you play, and it's okay. Here we go. But in here, there's energy. There's passion. Gets you going. Fired up. In a room where there's wires dangling behind me and used and not quite as used TV is sitting in the corner. There's a ladder that's basically just like an exaggerated step stool there are tools that i don't know what they're supposed to be doing in here i didn't know they made ladders that short like what's the point of a three-step ladder yeah i don't get that even a little bit so uh yeah very feng shui in here oh there's a board behind pinder short engineers yes yeah i guess anyway we'll work around it uh the fact that the the stuff isn't done now means that it's going to be happening during the show which is going to be the best but we will deal. Um, obviously, a lot to get to on the program today. Always want your texts on the Glenmore Audi fan feedback line, 960-960. Uh, we'll yell about the flames in a little bit. I, uh, To my understanding, that's been covered in, in the last hour or so. Uh, but we'll get a, a summary of the game in game in a minute. We'll catch up with Ryan Pike at 120. And Logo is just dying to, uh, to ask me some questions. So we'll get to that in the last segment. Before we get to an absolutely unmitigated disaster that was the Calgary Flames weekend out west. Let's start with a game that's going to be happening here this upcoming weekend, as we have a pretty fun Grey Cup matchup set up. I've been saying all year, I think Winnipeg is the most talented team in the league, minus the quarterback position. Now it seems like they've got that quarterback position figured out. It, it does seem like Zach Caleros has unlocked what this team can do. Last week was all about Strevler. This week, Strevler kept in check. Andrew Harris shut down. This game offensively was all about what Zach Caleros can do. Logo, I know you're someone who has followed the Canadian Football League for a long time. Um, it does really seem like we are getting now 2016 Zach Caleros. And I don't know if I'm building a franchise around this guy with injury issues. But for one game, the way he's playing right now, I'd be feeling pretty comfortable if I'm the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, I think this is the guy that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders always hoped that they had in him before, you know, Simone Lawrence tried to take his head off and he missed most of the year. But, you know, he's he's that not really like the typical CFL quarterback where you'd say he's super athletic and can move the pocket and that sort of stuff. But he's certainly talented when it comes to throwing the ball and making those big plays happen when they need them. I mean, we saw it last night when he's backed up in his own end zone. He has no fear right now of, you know, taking that chance and it's worked for them so far. And if he can, you know, continue to stay healthy, that's gotten them all the way to a great cup so far. Yeah. And I actually think Caleros uh, might be almost a perfect quarterback for the CFL. I think he's athletic enough. You, you saw it uh, with a, a pretty athletic play against the Stampeders last week. He runs him out of some trouble against Saskatchewan on Sunday and he has the arm strength that he can make every throw on the field. And in the CFL, that's kind of important when the field is massive. So I, I think Zach Caleros and what they're doing in Winnipeg right now is huge. But the defense is the main story on that team. And if the Bombers are hoisting the Grey Cup this weekend, 
that defense will be the reason why. That secondary has been absolutely locking down teams the, the last couple games. The Stampeders don't get a sniff in the second half, and the Riders don't get anything the entire game. So that defense is going to be a huge key for them because they're going up against a juggernaut offense. That Ticats team, I was a little bit concerned. They hadn't played a meaningful game in a month. They got off to a, a bit of a, I don't even want to say shaky start, but it was just, you could see, they were feeling things out a little bit, and Edmonton just kept handing them chance after chance. Like, no, 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 by all means. Get into your groove and take this game from us. Please, for the love of God, take this game from us. And they were able to do that. There are a, a few intriguing matchups going into this one, but I think no more intriguing than the Winnipeg Blue Bomber secondary going up against the speed of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, another interesting subplot from this game there's a chance neither of these quarterbacks is starting week one for the team they're playing with next year. Like Jeremiah Masoli was the MOP before he goes down. They love Matt Nichols out in Winnipeg, although I think now they're seeing what an actual quarterback looks like. Uh, but Logo, there's a chance like Zach Caleros or Evans, neither of them are going to be the starting quarterback for the Ticats or the Bombers at the start of next season. And I think that's fascinating going into a great cup. Yeah, it's it's a good point to make. And I mean, even here in Calgary, you talk about, you know, Nick Arbuckle is going to go into uh, free agency as well, adding to, you know, already, I guess you'd probably say the East needs more quarterbacks, you know, starting than the West does. But you're yeah. right. I mean, if you're both of these teams, different quarterbacks than the one you planned on got you here, but I don't think that you're going to, you know, suddenly change your plans if you're Winnipeg and go, okay, well, you know, Matt, just, you know, take a back seat to Zach for now and, you know, we'll go from there. And, I mean, for Dane Evans, who's played now most of the season for Hamilton and led them to uh, a great cup appearance here, I don't think they're going to ditch Jeremiah Masoli, but no. I don't think Dane Evans can sit there and, you know, want to be a backup after what he's shown he can do in this league. And there's teams that need quarterbacks. But at the same time, if you're Hamilton, you got to sit there and go, man, I really hope he doesn't walk over to Toronto and, you know, is their next starting quarterback. What's going on yeah. in Ottawa, all that sort of thing. And it's interesting, too. You're right. I mean, I wouldn't have guessed if you had told me Hamilton and Winnipeg were in the Grey Cup that it was Dane Evans versus Zach <laughs> No, no. It would have taken us a few guesses before we, we got to that one for sure. And, no, I... Uh, I think if there were a Halifax team coming into the league this offseason, that Evans would be their pick for starting quarterback. That's that's how good I think this kid is. So it's going to be an interesting week, a lot of time, to cover the um, cover the, the Grey Cup as it's in our city coming up this weekend. Um, also, quick shout-out, Calgary Dinos off to Vanier Cup. We don't talk about uh, Canadian college football a ton. Uh, I wish they would do more to work their way into our uh, attention a little bit, but shout out Calgary Dinos off to the Vanier Cup. So let's get to the Flames now. They get absolutely S-kicked um, over the weekend by Arizona and Vegas. More so one than the other. Let's relive the most recent one, shall we, as we go back to Vegas yesterday afternoon slash evening for your game in a minute. Good afternoon, hockey fans, and welcome inside T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, where today, Cam Talbot and the 10-9-3 Calgary Flames will take on Marc-Andre Fleury and the 9-9-3 Vegas Golden Knights. And now Gaudreau tries a shot, and it's blocked by Carlson. Here come the Golden Knights the other way. They've got a 2-on-1. Carlson in shoots and scores! Dasney steps in, cuts to the middle, shoots and scores! 
And it's a big goal for the Golden Knights. It gives them a 2-0 lead. And Pacioretty stepping it up the right wing side. He shoots and scores! Across the line, Backlund takes a shot, takes a shot. Fleury makes the save, and there's no rebound with Kachuk and Mangiapane there. And now Mangiapane goes after Engeland. And as you bail, dish it off to Lucci. Lucic's taken down by Carrier, and he's going to jump him. Milan Lucic wants to fight William Carrier. Reeves now attacked by Lucic. Milan Lucic wants a piece of Ryan Reeves. Donahan gives it away, and here comes Marcia so into Eakin with a shot, he scores. Last. Has it knocked away by Giordano, but now it's picked up. Theodore, the Stoner shoots and scores! All the Golden Knights are getting off the schneid. Lug it across the red line and move it up the middle. Carlson steps in, goes to the backhand and scores! Here's William Carlson's second of the day, and it's 6-0 Golden Knights. Bouncing puck, and that'll do it. Marc-Andre Fleury stops all 34 Flames shots. And the Flames get shut out in back-to-back -back games for the first time since January of 2014. After losing 3-0 to the Coyotes yesterday, we're blanked 6-0 by the Golden Knights today. Game in a minute, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity. Be winter ready with free winter tires, free rock art, and free oil changes and tire rotations with every new in-stock 2019 vehicle. Visit HyattInfinityCalgary.com. Empower the drive. Even a wicked cool drum line couldn't make that game sound good for the Flames. They get straight beat by the Vegas Golden Knights. 6-0 at the end of a quick two-game road trip. They are back in Calgary coming up tomorrow against Colorado before they start another trip. Uh, we are kind of uh, up against it, but I am uh, today as of right. November 18th, 2019, I am full on panic button. I, that was a disaster of a weekend. This has been a disaster of a, almost season, but a last few weeks. Anyway, I think we are at a point now with this flames team where you have to look at every possible scenario. I think the GM and I think the coach are great. I think they're coming back next year, but I think you can definitely poke some holes in some of the stuff they've been doing. You obviously have to look at what the top line has been doing. All of it, every little bit of this team, I think you can definitely poke holes in and really start going through this thing with a fine-tooth comb and seeing that there are a few things that we should be more concerned with than just... Oh, they'll turn it around. Oh, they'll figure it out. They've had time to turn it around. They've had time to figure it out. I am, I, I have broken the glass in case of emergency. I have pushed the panic button. It is absolute panic time with this team. We will see if I am completely off base with that when Ryan Pike joins us next. We'll chat about a very rough weekend for the Flames. What can be done to fix it? Or am I just overreacting? This is the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Steinberg Show continues right now. Brought to you by Fifth Avenue Auto House. Steinberg drives a VW from Fifth Avenue. So should you. See them today on Meridian Road, just east of Barlow Trail and south of 16th Avenue Northeast. Patrick Steinberg is only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1.32. Happy Monday. It is not a happy Monday for Flames fans after a rough weekend against uh, Arizona and Vegas. Here to make sense of it all is Ryan Pike. Uh, first of all, Ryan, how are you today? I'm excellent. You? I'm doing well, thank you very much. Uh, in the previous segment, I said that I have officially pushed the panic button on the Calgary Flames. There, the concern level was high enough that I had to break glass in case of emergency and push the panic button. So my first question to you, am I overreacting? I would say somewhat. I mean, you know, let's, let's be honest. Uh, the Flames have gone uh, two games and half of a, of a third period against Dallas without scoring goals. So after 130 minutes of not scoring, I think that's 73 shots on goal. Something's bound to go in. And if they keep getting high quality chances, eventually the dam will burst. But, you know, when, uh, you know, when nothing's happening and you're dying of thirst, it's hard to really imagine the dam bursting. So I, I can, I can understand the panic, but uh, you know, this is, this is almost a historically, you know, dry spell for this team. Like I think since November 1st, their, their shooting percentage is like three and a half percent by far the worst of the NHL league average, depending on the, the skill level of the team is usually around eight or nine. So they're basically getting a third of the goals they should be at this point. My, my only counter to that is I don't see them doing anything to help the dam burst on their own. Like I, I get the, the shooting percentage isn't where you would like it to be, but I don't see them creating enough chances to think that that score or that that shooting percentage is going to improve at all. And I think that's a fair criticism. I think, you know, it's typically the way this team has been dating back to basically when it became the Gaudreau and Monaghan show, you usually see, you know, two or three games of sort of, you know, tough sledding. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have, you know, a, a you know, a Monaghan hat trick or Gaudreau bursts out for a bunch of goals in a game. And, as much as we, you know, I think everyone around the team thinks, well, that could happen. You know, looking at the the tapes in the last month or so, it's hard to imagine Goudreau, you know, bursting out for a five-point game or something because, you know, the the way he's been playing and the way he's really been sidelined by a lot of the teams defensively, it's really hard to imagine him generating the chances necessary for a burst-out game like that. Is Goudreau the, the biggest concern for you with this team right now? I think so. I think, you know, this will sound mean, but let's be honest. If you, if you, if you watch the game and you don't have Jersey numbers and you don't really pay attention to who's on the ice, you can usually notice, uh, you know, Matthew Kachuk out there. You can usually, you know, notice good, you know, Giordano and Anderson and Hannafin to a lesser extent on a pretty regular basis. Same, same with, you know, Elias Lindholm, he's been dangerous enough that you can usually pick him out and go, Oh, that was pretty good. But, Unless I told you that Johnny Gaudreau had been playing for the last month, it's really difficult to pick him out in terms of someone jumping off the page. And for a player whose calling card has been, you know, dynamic offensive play, it's really difficult to reconcile that. Yeah, and I, 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 I almost wonder if it's time to shake things up again, to steal a, a wrestling term for a second there. But I, I wonder if the Lindholm Kachuk grouping with Gaudreau would be a way to get him going. I just, I feel like now you're at a spot with Gaudreau where you need to kind of focus on getting him going and the rest will fill itself out. I wonder if you go back to that Lindholm-Kachuk grouping with him to try to get things going for him again. 
But the the danger with that is, I mean, if you put all your eggs in one basket, like let's do an example, Tuesday night they're playing Colorado. Uh, Jared Bednar is a really smart coach. I think we saw that, you know, in spades during the, the playoffs last year. He's a really smart coach. And if you put all your eggs in one basket offensively, like if you just put, you know, Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk, like you're basically your two best forwards and also Gaudreau, uh, all of a sudden it makes it pretty easy to isolate them and to shut them down. And, you know, for, for a coach that's been pretty good at line matching on the road, that could really thin out the roster tremendously and potentially make the Flames uh, scoring on the rest of the lines even worse. Looking at the the rest of the Flames, uh, we see Dylan Dubé get called back up for the, the game against Vegas, gets just about 14 minutes in ice time. What did you make of Dubé and his return to the Flames? I honestly thought that the Dubé, Lucic, Derek Ryan line might have been the Flames' most consistent line in all three periods in terms of, you know, they, they were able to get in the offensive zone. They were able to hold on to the puck. They were able to cycle around. You know, it was just some weird bounces that kept them from getting more scoring chances. But, you know, uh, their puck management was excellent. I think the fact that you have sort of, you know, uh, two smaller, smarter guys in the, in terms of Lucic, well, in terms of uh, Ryan and, and Dubé playing around the puck, and then you have Lucic just sort of, you know, crash and bang and, you know, win some corner battles. I think they did a really nice job managing the puck and managing the game as much as they could. Um, it'd be nice if, uh, if that kind of urgency came around to the rest of them, but, you know, uh, dating back to, you know, I, I've been covering the team since about 2011, 2012. And, you know, one of the things that Matt Stajan always talked about in terms of, you know, a way to sort of inject some life in the lineup is you just throw a kid in because, you know, I think with Dubé, you could sort of see the energy he had on the ice every time he was on the ice. And I think that sort of spread to his line mates because I think Lucic and Ryan look better than they've looked in a couple of weeks. And I think it says a lot about a, the type of player that uh, Dylan Dubé is and can be at this level and B just the idea of, you know, you have a few guys that are a little bit, uh, you know, stuck in their in their ruts and their rhythms a bit. So you throw a kid in there to sort of inject some energy in. So it'd be nice if the Flames had the ability to do that a bit more often. But right now, you know, they're sort of stuck with the roster they have because of their cap situation. And, and to that point, I, I think Manjapani has been the best on that Kachuk backland line so far this season as well. And we see that again against Vegas. And we talk about players that we're noticing. I think we have to put Andrew Manjapani in that group again. I am quickly following in love with, with that player. I think the world of Manjapani. What have you seen from him, not only in the last game, but the last little bit? I'm, I'm just going to say this out loud for any sports agents that are listening. For the love of God, just get your players to do a one-year show-me contract because if they're <laughs> on a team that has, like, you know, let's, let's be honest, the, the Flames are going to have to, you know, shout out some big bucks for, for Rasmus Anderson this summer based on, you know, his body of work. I think we're not going to see them spend as much money on Manjipani, but Manjipani is playing his way into a really nice raise because, like you were saying, you know, uh, he's, you know, Matthew Kachuk is a player that, teams tend to focus on. And I think one of the things that Manjipani has been great at doing is sort of recognizing that typically, you know, Manjipani has been the guy driving zone entries on that line. And, you know, because, you know, the defensive uh, players are a little bit wary of leaving Kachuk too much space. They tend to give Manjipani a little bit more space on the entries because they're worried about the trailing guy. And because of they're worried about the trailing guy, Manjapani has a lot more space to operate than he would if he was on any other line. And I think it, it's been a huge benefit for that entire line because it's given everyone a little bit extra room to operate. And uh, Manjapani has been, you know, full mark so far for, for his role in that line. Uh, so you, you shut down my Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk line uh, with that silly bit of, you know, logic. Uh, but what, what changes would you make for the Flames? Or would you just hope that at some point the dam does burst? 
Uh, it depends because honestly, right now it's tough preaching patience when they've crashed back to 500 and haven't scored in like two games. But honestly, I, I'd, uh, if I'm Bill Peters, I'd probably do status quo for the first period. But, you know, I think Bill Peters need to, needs to go full Bill Peters. And, you know, you basically cut the game into 10 minute increments, hopeful hope against hope that they can play five on five for a while. But, you know, you roll your lines and if say if uh, there's one or two guys that aren't really feeling it or you don't think are really feeling it on one of your lines, just names out of a hat. You know, I, I think it'd be interesting to see someone like Derek Ryan, who Derek Ryan is such a good game manager and puck manager, maybe playing him with, uh, with Gaudreau a bit. Maybe you want some beef on that line. So maybe you throw on a little maybe you throw on, you know, you keep Lindholm there maybe you throw Kachuk on. But I think at this point, you know, I think from, uh, from market perspective, I think, people are a little bit wary of the team right now. And I think sort of showing that instead of you going, Oh, you know, we've tried nothing and you know, we're all out of ideas. Why not just go wacky and go, eh, whatever, shuffle lines, names out of a hat, you know, make it, make it, make it fun. Because I think, you know, if the team is too comfortable, I think one of the biggest challenges for the flames this year and even day back last year is, you know, it's a lot of guys who've played with the same guys a whole lot and are used to their tendencies and sort of they get the autopilot. And one of the things I think that the Flames have been really good at on the road is just simplifying their game and having to just, you know, play instead of making cute, cutesy plays because they're, they're, you know, they think they have the skill to do it. So if you just randomly shuffle the lines and guys are just playing simpler hockey because they don't think they have the familiarity with their teammates to do anything weird and wacky, I think maybe they'll be more effective at home that way because they're not going to be trying to show off. They're just going to be trying to score and play simple hockey. Excellent stuff, sir. Uh, where can people find more of your work? Well, I'm, uh, I'm as always, at flamesnation.ca, and I've also done a, a nice bit of stumping for uh, Jerome McGinlow over at the Sporting News site. Uh, in about 52 weeks, Mr. McGinlow will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, barring war or insurrection. And so we, uh, we sort of dig into the case to be made for number 12 to go into the hallowed halls in the year. That's probably not a difficult argument to make. That, w- that would be a pretty easy one to, to try to sell. Hey, Jerome McGinley, he's good at everything. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Uh, thanks, Pike. Really appreciate it. We'll chat soon. Okay, man. There you go. Ryan Pike, uh, Flames Nation, the place to catch him at. Uh, not a big fan of my idea of the uh, the change with the lines. Uh, the Sportsnet 960 Beer League broadcast back for its third year. Enter now at sportsnet.ca slash 960 for a chance to have your game broadcast over the 960 airwaves Quite the way to kick off 2020. Uh, Your whole team will receive personalized jerseys thanks to our friends at Tuxedo Source for Sports. Uh, I have one of these personalized jerseys. They are amazing. Uh, It's Jason's from the Slow Pitch game, but still have one. Uh, Plus an after party at the Wild Rose Tap Room. Two teams will be selected by the end of next month. And a big thanks to Wild Rose Brewery brewing quality craft beer in Calgary that fuels the hardworking Albertan Wild Rose Brewery branded with character. Logo has many, many questions to ask me, but he has picked the three best, I hope. We have three burning questions coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time to turn up the heat. These are three burning questions on The Steinberg Show. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 150, we have Ryan Pinder coming in after 2 o'clock for what I'm sure will be very calm chatter about the Calgary Flames today. Uh, but before we get to that, Logan Gordon, you have questions you are just burning to ask me they here are, today. They are very burning, Pete. All right, let's so get into it. Number very, one. Very burning. Uh, first one for you, uh, obviously, the talk in Calgary about the uh, Flames' recent struggles. 
They were shut out twice over the weekend, 3-0 against Arizona, 6-0 against Vegas last night. Uh, Give me one area or particular player that kind of disappointed you most during this struggle here. Give me an area that's really kind of hammered in as the problem for you. God, can I do a 23-way tie for first? Yeah, Uh, we've got like four more hours in the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, the good thing is there's a lot to choose from, Um, but... Their play in their own end continues to really disappoint me because I I actually don't think the goaltending, despite giving up four and a half goals a game over the weekend, I don't think the goaltending was actually that bad. But it's just quality chance after quality chance being given up by this team that has, going into the season, a blue line who you would consider one of the best in the league, I would think, anyway. And I don't think it's all in the blue line. I think there's a lot of help that could be coming from the forwards that isn't coming at all from the forwards right now. But I would say their D-zone play needs to improve dramatically. If you're not going to score, you can't be giving up the chances that you're giving up. Look at the Dallas Stars. They're having some struggles offensively with the uh, their top players. Look at the team that the Flames played yesterday, Vegas, having some trouble scoring goals, but you're seeing Stone back-checking like a madman. They are playing relentless in their own end, getting the puck out, using that great counter game that they have. The Flames are doing none of that right now, and that's why you're losing games 6 nothing. So I'm going to say, uh, as Matthew Kuchek has put it, the, the team letting their goalies down as my biggest disappointment from the weekend. Second question, we move to the CFL, where the Grey Cup matchup is set for Sunday. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and we talked about it a bit uh, at the beginning of the Steinberg show. Uh, you know, these quarterbacks probably won't be in this same spot that they are right now to start next season. So I've got three quarterbacks for you, Kleiner. Uh, Tell me where they'll be playing week one of next season. Uh, Dane Evans, Nick Arbuckle, Zach Caleros. Ooh, all right. Throwing the Calgary kid in there. I like it. Um, Okay, let's go. I'm going to say Zach Caleros is playing – a couple of these are going to be boring, honestly. I'm going to say Zach Claros is playing in Winnipeg, and I'm going to say Arbuckle's playing in Calgary. I, I don't I don't think that the, the Stampeders – A, I don't think you're getting a lot for Arbuckle right now. I, I think the role that he's in with the, the Stamps is fine. He was all right filling in for Calgary when Bo went down, but as far as some of the uh, other quarterbacks who came in – Four injured QBs, and we saw all of them this season. But I think Evans definitely uh, was the one who was the the brightest of all of those. I think Fajardo stands out, obviously. I think Arbuckle was good, not great. So I think he's still going to get some time as a backup here in Calgary. I think that the Bombers are going to stick with Zach Caleros, and I think they're going to send Matty Nichols elsewhere. And I'm Ooh. going to say uh, that Evans is going to be playing with the Toronto Argonauts this upcoming season. They are always one to try to find the hot backup who is going to be the next savior at quarterback. And it hasn't necessarily worked. See James Franklin and and all of those guys. So I, I think Evans is going to Toronto. I'm going to say Matt Nichols ends up in Ottawa just as the bonus in all of this. Last one for you after uh, another exciting NFL week and a, a big blowout win by his Baltimore Ravens. Vegas odds now have Lamar Jackson as the favorite for NFL Most Valuable Player Award. If you were to give out the award today, Mr. Klein, who would it go to? It's tough to not go Lamar Jackson on this one. If I were going to go uh, away from the, the number one odds on favorite, I would say Russell Wilson. I think that's like a... Six and ten 
Seattle Seahawks team without Russell Wilson. They've won a lot of close games because of how well Russell Wilson has played. I think you have to put Christian McCaffrey in this discussion, but Lamar Jackson has completely changed the identity of this Baltimore Ravens team. So I think you have to go with Lamar Jackson as the, uh, the MVP, which direction would you go in for that? Um, yeah, I think the, the thing that tipped it for me to Lamar Jackson is that he's 10th in rushing in the league right now and that's uh well that's silly that's pretty remarkable <laughs> when you think about it and you know and to do what he does through the air it's not like he's just a running quarterback uh he's still pretty damn good uh throwing the ball as well so I, I think that's probably where it is and I mean you just don't get these seasons that often where guys are, are that dominant at two aspects of the game uh it's interesting so so now i'll give you just some of the other um odds that in vegas that we have right now okay uh so russell wilson obviously comes in uh at uh plus 200 for mvp some of the other names on there aaron Rodgers, deshaun watson patrick mahomes and right now you can get dak prescott (laughs) as an mvp favorite ahead of the likes of christian mccaffrey dalvin cook and Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh. Well, that just means the Christian McCaffrey odds are going to get better and better. As uh, Carolina probably needs to win the rest of their games for McCaffrey to get there. I don't think he does. But Dak Prescott being ahead, that's... You could put a gun to my head and I wouldn't bet money on Dak Prescott yeah, that, winning that's, MVP. That, that's I'm not sorry. necessarily the, the direction I would go so in. Like you've got all pros sure. literally all around you. I don't think you're the MVP. Yeah, and you're still, still only... I, I think he's fine and dude's going to get paid, but you're a quarterback on a team with a lot of good players around you and you're six and four. Any, so, any love mm. for Deshaun Watson or is that loss this weekend kind of hurt that pretty significantly? I don't want to overreact to one loss. Like he could come out on Thursday here and just absolutely put his stamp on that game against the, the Indianapolis Colts. And all of a sudden we're going to be hot and bothered about Deshaun Watson again. So I think he's still in that conversation. Um, but right now it's Lamar Jackson's world and we are all just living in it. That, that's, that, that team is so much fun to watch, and he has that offense. I don't know how you defend it. We'll see how teams figure that out uh, come playoff time. But th- this is, yeah, th- th- this has been an unbelievable showing for a quarterback who I don't think a lot of people were expecting this high of uh, The expectations weren't this high on Lamar Jackson after he got absolutely shut down in the uh, the postseason last year. All right, that's going to do it for three burning questions. Thank you very much, Logo. Anytime. Uh, crushing it as always. Um, if you have questions for Peter Labardius, well, you're in luck. Lou's Mailbag is back. You can ask us your burning flames question at sportsnet.ca slash 960. Tune in Fridays at noon to hear if Lubo answers yours. You can win a pair of lower bowl tickets to an upcoming Flames game plus $100 gift card to Ruth's Chris. Lou's Mailbag uh, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Prime time menu featuring two courses for $44 available daily at 630 uh, available daily before 6.30 and anytime on Sundays, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. We will break. Pinder takes over next. I'll give you two guesses as to what we're going to talk about and the first one doesn't count. This is the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 